Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. It is Thursday. Happy Thursday. Weekend is almost here. Let me know in the comment section what you guys got planned for the weekend, and I'll live vicariously through your plans. Um, No Joe, at least this hour. Most likely no Joe at all. Uh, I know he said he was going to be here, but we just got word from him about 60 to 120 seconds ago that he's not going to be here. So we're going to see if we can fill these two hours without him, but there is a lot to discuss, so it shouldn't be too difficult. And we do have our phone lines, 888-441-1121 is our number if you want to chime in, because a lot of stuff is going on related to the news out of Georgia, related to the news out of Arizona. In Pennsylvania, there is new pushback against the audit about to take place there. So call in if you want to talk about any of this. 888-441-1121 is our number. Today, um, today in Arizona, they are holding a hearing. They're holding a hearing on uh, the audit. So they're not releasing the audit's findings. This is just a general hearing so that the Senate can be apprised of what's going on. So if if any news gets made there, we'll make sure to chime into it. Um, We do have a couple clips we want to play from that hearing today. Um, so let, let's go ahead and, and get started with that, uh, Ms. Bruiser. Let's play cut number one. This is Karen Fan, the uh, state Senate president, uh, explaining the purpose behind the audit. Let's play cut one. The important thing that we wanted to make sure, sure everybody knew, which we told you as well um, in the very beginning, is this is not about Trump. This is not about overturning the election. This has never been about anything other than election integrity. It, this is the, the epitome of what America stands for. And if we do not have faith and confidence in our electoral process, then everything we do in life um, is, is jeopardized. There was a poll that was recently done that 45% of people in Arizona, according to that poll, believe that we have serious problems with our elections. Whether that is true or not, whether they are rumors, unfound um, accusations, or legitimate problems for whatever reason, as a Senate body, we felt that it was our obligation and our duty to answer our voters, our constituents, answer those questions and either confirm what they were afraid of or, or thought or heard or that we prove that those things were not true so that they could go back to the polls and they could vote with confidence knowing that their ballot is sacred. Um, I just wanted to make sure that everybody is fully aware that this is all this is about is an election integrity. And are we following the rules? Are we following the procedures? Have we done everything we possibly can to make sure these are fair, clean, honest elections? If we do find anything, uh, not us, but you as a vendor, if you do find anything um, of whether uh, we can pass laws that would help ensure 
that we have more integrity in the future if our procedures perhaps are lacking in some way this is a great opportunity to, for us to be able to say let's fix that because that's what the senate body does we pass laws we have accomplished this because the constitution gives us the right to subpoena information for the purpose of passing laws and with that information gives us the tools to be able to either tweak existing legislation or, or create new legislation to make sure that the sanctity is always there. So I just wanted that on the record. So all of that was common sense. All of that was pretty obvious. This is not about proving Trump won or proving that Biden won. It's about getting to the bottom of the allegations once and for all. And that's something that we on the podcast have said if an, if an audit is allowed to go and, and be conducted without interference, without any funny business, without anyone trying to put their finger on the scale to stop it, right? If a true audit is allowed to take place, then yeah, we, we, we'll respect the audit's findings. Problem is, Democrats aren't all interested in that. Democrats are acting like they're awfully guilty, doing everything in their power to stop the audit from either being released or from continuing because as we've reported, they are recounting the ballots because the count, the election day count from Maricopa County did not match up with the audit count from uh, the forensic audit from the cyber ninjas. I, I still think it's really funny. That's their name, which I, I want to show you Maricopa County's board of supervisors did come out with a statement about the fact that these counts don't match up that the number of ballots counted on election day does not match the number of ballots counted during the audit. They had a statement that they posted on social media. Let's put up image number one, Mr. Producer. This is from Maricopa County. And this is real. I kid you not, this is real. They say, why might the Cyber Ninja's ballot count differ from Maricopa vote numbers? For the same reason, people might get different answers to this problem. Six times five in parentheses divided by three plus 11. If you don't know the order of operations, you don't know the answer. Now, we're not a math podcast, but uh, what they're talking about is PEMDAS. It's the order of operations. You learn this in math in high school. The order in which you're supposed to perform different parts of the function in order to reach the results. And the order in which you, you multiply, divide, all that, the order in which you do that will change the results. So put that up on the screen again, Mr. Producer. <laughs> you can't make this up. The way you do this problem, PEMDAS, it, it, another way people remember is please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. You do the part that's in parentheses first. Then you do uh, you do division and multiplication. And then you do ad addition, subtraction. So that's 6 times 5, that's 30, divided by 3, 10, plus 11, that equals 21. That is how you solve that equation. The funny part about this is counting ballots is not supposed to be that complicated. Counting ballots is supposed to be one plus one plus one plus one plus one. Add infinitum until you reach the end of the ballot boxes, right? It's just one plus one repeated over and over and over again. None of this six times five parentheses divided by what? No, no, that. <laughs> It, it proves the point. It proves the point that this process is made so complicated. Like no one should even have to worry about counting ballots and the number not matching up. 
right? It's one plus one, basic addition. If you if you brought a second grader in to count ballots, it would take them a long time. They probably need some help. They might lose track a couple times. But the basic element of counting a ballot is is something a second grader can do. One plus one plus one over and over and over again. Coming out, oh, the reason you got it wrong is because you don't know the order of operations. Com- more complex math than simple addition. Again, creates more questions than answers. But that was a real that was a real tweet put out by Maricopa County. Oh, the reason you, you counted the wrong number of ballots is because you don't understand the order of operations. Whatever that means. And it just shows we should have a, an election system that's counted by addition, not by algorithm, which is something we've been saying for a long, long time. On the Facebook comments section, um, someone just mentioned, I hope your voice holds out for two hours. Tracy said that, yes, I hope so too. <laughs> uh, I have that, I'm pretty sure I have that RSV virus that's been going around Texas and in the southern U.S. Um, so it looks like I'm going to deal with the whole two weeks of it. I, I wish I could have some time off to recuperate, but uh, this is how we're doing it. We're just going to go right through it, and uh, we'll stop the show when I lose my voice. <laughs> I am feeling a lot better, so hopefully it, there's not too many days left of this. Um, so that was the response from Maricopa County, which is very interesting to say the least. But we also learned from the hearing today in Arizona that Maricopa County is not complying with the subpoenas. As you heard from from Karen Fan, the state Senate has the constitutional authority. That's Article 1, Section 4 of the United States Constitution gives the state legislatures the authority to decide how their state's elections are run. It allows Congress to pass election laws, but it primarily places the responsibility of a state's election law and how those elections are conducted with the state legislature. So the state Senate has the authority to sub- issue these subpoenas. Turns out the Mar- that Maricopa County didn't comply with them. We have a little bit of from that hearing where one witness is, is explaining the lack of cooperation. Let's go ahead and play that, Mr. Producer. This is cut number two. So part of what we have been trying to get in addition to um, the ballots themselves is a chain of custody from the very beginning of the process when the county uh, took ballot stock and or reprinted ballots from their vendors and a chain of custody ever since then, uh, which is still forthcoming. That was on the original subpoena and we have not received it. Mm -hmm. Madam President, just if I may, uh, Mr. Bennett, what's been the response when you've asked for that? When you, what, what 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 did the county tell you? Uh, they've provided us what they're going to provide us with. Okay. So they're, are you saying they're refusing to give yeah. us that information at this point? Um, they, every time I've tried to interact with the folks at the elections department, I've been told that I need to deal with uh, the county attorney's office. And most of that time I've received kind of the answer that we gave you everything we're going to give you. <laughs> Gonna give you everything we're gonna give you. That's not how subpoenas work. That's not how subpoenas work at all. When something is subpoenaed, it's handed over. If not, they're in contempt of the subpoena. I mean, that opens up a whole new realm of possibilities, quite literally, including police being sent to the elections office to forcibly remove that which they refuse to hand over. 
just ignoring the subpoena. And this is what I said from the very beginning. And I'm not saying this as a caveat to open the door to doubt the election audits if they don't turn out the way I want. That's not the reason I went about explaining it this way. As long we want the truth. We want the truth. This is far too important to allow any lies or fabrications or falsehoods to remain. We're talking about the trajectory of the globe, trajectory of our country, potentially forever being altered due to fraudulent election results. This is too important to get it wrong. So if, if a true audit finds that, nope, Joe Biden's the legitimate winner, then yeah, he's, a, he's the president and we got to work extra hard next time around. The problem is, Every step of the way, we're finding more and more evidence that that isn't the case. We're finding more and more evidence that Joe Biden's win has more asterisks next to it than we possibly could have imagined. And that's a reference to Barry Bonds. Um, let's use in other capacities, but specifically Barry Bonds, baseball player, hit the home run record, found out later to be using steroids. I mean, anyone who looked at him could see that he had a neck the size of someone's thigh. But uh, it's that little asterisk. Next to his record. So yeah, he, he hit those home runs, but he used steroids. So take that how you will. The problem is that instead of a audit being allowed to continue, being allowed to run its course without interference, what we've seen from Democrats, what we've seen from the left, and what we've seen, quite frankly, even from Republicans, has been a concerted effort at every stage to shut it down, to interfere, to put roadblocks up, to refuse to comply with subpoenas, right? To leak out, out of context things, to try and drive public opinion against it. These are not the actions you would expect to see from an innocent party. If Joe Biden truly was the most popular president that we've ever seen, you wouldn't have seen him race to Philadelphia. You wouldn't have seen him feel, have the, feel the need to declare everyone who disagrees with his opinion to be enemies of the constitution, he wouldn't have seen that reaction. That reaction is specific. There's a cause and effect. That's the effect. And the cause is we are getting closer and closer and closer and they know it. And they know it. So yeah, uh, uh, at this point, I don't know if we can say that the Arizona audit is to be completely trusted. I don't know. Right? I mean, they're testifying that they asked for chain of custody documentation. That's something that we've covered on the show is absolutely vital. When you have mail-in ballots that are being sent to addresses, we don't know. They're being dropped into um, dropped into collection boxes that aren't monitored, that aren't manned, and they're being picked up by people and brought in for counting. That chain of custody documentation is supposed to tell you where the ballots were collected from, who did the collecting, what time they collected it, what time they brought it for counting. It's supposed to safeguard that time in between when the person cast the ballot and when it actually gets counted. So we've seen, we saw it in Georgia, this surprising absence of all the chain of custody documentation. And then after a couple media cycles, they said, oh, no, no, hold on. Yeah, we found it. We found it. And don't worry. Don't worry. Ignore the fact that the ink is still drying. Here you go. And they still didn't hand over all the chain of custody documentation. So here in Arizona, they're not handing over the chain of custody documentation, proving that, okay, this person picked up this ballot from this bin at this uh, drop-off center at this time, and he transported it to the other location at this time. So therefore, there's no possibility 
for anything, any funny business to happen, happen in between, happen on the drive there or drive back, but they won't show it. They won't show it. And you just heard from that testimony that when they ask for it, they're told to pound sand. They're told, talk to our lawyers. Does that sound like, like someone complying with an, with a subpoena? No, no. I mean, if the Democrats were smart and, and listen, it's entirely possible that the audit reveals no fraud or not enough fraud to have impacted the results. That's entirely possible, right? But you can see from the Democrats' actions, they're not willing to risk it. They would rather shut the audit down than risk it not confirming that Joe Biden is the most popular president ever. The most popular president ever who, by the way, gave a major speech on YouTube and something like 13,000 people, 1,300 people were watching it live. <laughs> not not usually what you expect from the most popular president ever. I don't know, just methinks they doth protest too much. That old Shakespeare line from Macbeth, they doth protest too much, methinks. I don't know. I, I've been proven wrong before, and I, I, I am fine with being proven wrong. But I'm not going to accept results if Democrats do everything in their power to stop the audit from seeing everything and do everything in their power to shut it down, which is where we get to the topic of today's podcast. Democrats just launched an investigation into the audit. The House Oversight, the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, also sometimes referred to as the, as the Government Oversight Committee or just the House Oversight Committee, has launched an investigation into Cyber Ninjas, the audit, the organization company performing the audit. Not a joke, right? One day after it was confirmed that the audit found a discrepancy between the total number of ballots from the original count from the audit, one day after that news broke, Democrats in the House of Representatives declared that they were going to start investigating. They were going to interfere. I kid you not. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This is the letter that they sent. The House Oversight Committee sent to Mr. Douglas Logan, the Chief Executive Officer and Principal Consultant of Cyber Ninjas. We are writing to request information about Cyber Ninjas' participation in an audit. They put audit in quotes. They put audit in quotes. It's not an audit. It's an audit. Right? The state Senate is exercising their Article 1, Section 4 power to audit the election results. And just to show you how off track this whole thing is, they're not even willing to call it an audit. They're putting it in little quotes, so-called audit of nearly 2.1 million ballots cast in Maricopa County, Arizona in the 2020 election. We are concerned about your company's role in this highly unusual effort, given Cyber Ninja's apparent lack of experience in conducting election-related audits. Reports that the company engaged in sloppy and insecure audit practices that compromised the integrity of ballots and voting equipment and were questioned by the U.S. Department of Justice and evidence that you and other individuals funding the audit have sought to advance the, quote, big lie, end quote, of debunked voter fraud allegations in the November 2020 presidential election. We'll go ahead and take that down for a second. That is the introduction to the House Oversight Committee's launching of an investigation into not only the audit, but the auditors themselves. I will remind you 
that the House Oversight Committee, as every other committee in Congress, has the power to refer people for prosecution. While they are not an while they are not a law enforcement branch, if they discover something that doesn't look right, they have the power to refer it for prosecution. So they're asking for everything. We'll get to that in a minute. They're asking cyber ninjas to give them everything, not only on the audit, but everything on their company, all of their clients, everything. So they're going to go through their books. They're going to go through their finances. If they find that they, they didn't check the right box on a tax form or something, the oversight committee can refer them to prosec- for prosecution, right? This is a fishing, fishing expedition. And we're going to get to just how much they're asking for, just how much they're demanding. But before I do, I want to explain to you what the big lie is. It's something that Democrats are chanting, almost like the chorus of we will indoctrinate them. Remember that that video from San Francisco? <laughs> they're chanting big lie, big lie, big lie. The big lie is a term originally coined by Adolf Hitler. And as it was originally used, the big lie referred to the technique that Hitler claimed Jewish Germans used to blame World War II on a specific German general. I'm sorry, World War I on a specific German general. So Hitler said, yeah, the, the, the manipulative Jewish people, they changed history by blaming World War I on a certain person, and that was a lie. That was the big lie. Well, later, the big lie, as a term, came to describe the propaganda techniques that Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party used to basically carry out the Holocaust. The idea that the Jews were were a, a blight on society, that they were responsible for all of Germany's problems. That was the big lie. That, that's what it became known as. So remember when Republicans make any reference to Nazism. Oh, the media said, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you compare uh, vaccine passports to the German interior passports that they forced Jews to show at checkpoints. How dare you? How dare you compare the Star of David or any concentration camp um, paraphernalia to the stickers that companies are forcing vaccinated people to wear? How dare you? How dare you, sir? Have you no shame? That's what the left and the media say. Anytime someone on the right makes something even remotely close to a Nazism comparison. Here, they are accusing everyone who is fighting for election integrity of perpetrating what they call the big lie, which is a term that is directly connected to Nazism, to the extermination of the Jewish people. It is as horrible of a comparison as you could possibly make. And I don't know what's worse, saying that we are akin to Nazis or that we are akin to Confederate slave owners. Both of those claims have been made this week. Not quite sure which is worse. They're, they're both terribly awful. And, and, and neither are what you'd expect to hear from someone who wants to restore the soul of the nation. Not not a lot of restoration going on there. So that's the claim. Big lie. Go back to my screen. It's too funny. They're cla- so this is a this is an election audit to to prove or disprove once and for all. But the House Oversight Committee, who have not heard a single witness testify, who have not observed a single document, have declared it has already been debunked. It's already been debunked. Why would you have an audit if it's already been debunked? Interesting. Interesting language. Here's the next paragraph. Americans' right to vote is protected by the Constitution and is the cornerstone of our democratic system of government, Republican system, but fine. The committee is seeking to determine whether the privately funded audit conducted by your company in Arizona protects the right to vote 
or is instead an effort to promote baseless conspiracy theories, undermine confidence in America's elections, and reverse the result of a free and fair election for partisan gain. Those are the accusations that they are making. I don't know. I don't know. It seems seems pretty desperate. Seems pretty desperate. Here's a clip from The War Room with Steve Bannon um, talking about what we're going to what we're going to see. This is Boris Epstein um, talking about the earthquake that he expects to follow when all of these audit results are made public. Mr. Peter, so let's play cut number three. And the audit continues pushing forward. There's a lot of reporting out there. Let's get one thing clear. There's going to be one more round of checks. That round of checks is another count of all the ballots to ensure that the discrepancy between the ballots that were certified, the amount of ballots certified, and the amount of ballots that were turned over for the audit, that that discrepancy is as big as we're hearing. So they're getting machines up and running out there that are old school. Think about those, you know, we talk a lot about how this is a little bit like an old school casino, get more tables, right? Think about the old school dollar counting machines that are in the back. You can, one of those machines, a couple of those machines are going to be, are going to be counting the ballots and going to come up with the number of the, and if that number is what we believe it is, if that number is what we've been hearing it is, then that is going to be a nuclear earthquake and a huge discrepancy between the amount that was certified and that was turned over for the audit. And then it's going to be up to the yeah. AG, who's all of a sudden become yeah, a total on. audit warrior yeah. to go investigate. He's a war- audit warrior. He's got old time religion, Bronovich. Okay, for the I know this part of the posse and it's part of the cadre that's a little itchy. They said we keep hearing this. Can hey, no, write this down. It's going to take as long as it's going to take. Okay, right. this has never happened in the history of this republic. You got to have belt suspenders and Karen Fan and the in the Senate out there have been heroes. The Patriots working out there have been incredible, but take a deep breath, okay? Exactly. Take the pacifier out of your mouth. You know, man up. This is going to take as long as it's going to take. So that was Steve Bannon, obviously, the War Room podcast. With Boris Epstein, he was a Trump advisor um, tr- involved with the Trump campaign, involved with the Trump administration, um, kind of hinting at what he and his people have already heard It's going to be an earthquake. It really is. Going to take a break in a moment to remind everyone that this podcast is sponsored by Air Medicare Network. Air Medicare Network, the premier insurance policy, a true rainy day policy that will cover you, your spouse, and your entire household should any of you ever need to be airlifted to a hospital for a medical emergency. It's something a lot of us don't think about. We don't think about um, having to be phoned by helicopter to a hospital, but you'd be surprised how often it happens, not just for people who are out climbing mountains or hunting or fishing who get lost, but it happens a lot of times in suburban areas, in urban areas, just when there's gridlock, when there's traffic. Lots of times people will be flown from one hospital to another, flown from a vehicle crash site to the hospital because the gridlock would make it impossible. And you'd be shocked to know how much that costs. Anyone who's ever been driven by an ambulance, you know it costs hundreds of dollars. Well, a helicopter is a lot more expensive. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand in some cases. Well, if you become an Airmake Care Network, you don't have to worry about that. $85 will protect your entire household for one year. It works out to be less if you're a senior citizen, less by year if you buy three or five years at a time. And you're going to want to use the link in our description because when you do and you use promo code daily, you'll get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card depending on how many years you sign up for. So that link, make sure you go to it, airmakecarenetwork.com forward slash daily. 
and then use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So we do have a caller on the line. We, we have Bill who wants to talk about the elections. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you. First, I'd want to apologize for having Representative Whitehouse and Gina Raimondo put into the Biden regime. Secondly, the state of Rhode Island was bright, bright red until about two o'clock in the morning. Then it went blue. So yeah. I'm looking at this stuff live. Yeah, that that was that was something that much. really that was something that really surprised a lot of people. That was red into very early in the morning, and then just like other states, it flipped. Um, that that was definitely a shock, and it was another one of those situations where even though it was red. All the experts, the powers that be said, don't worry, it's going to turn blue, which seems like something they shouldn't know about. But yeah, what else are you seeing in, uh, in Rhode Island? I'm seeing that uh, we don't, since we're one of the last ones to sign the, the declaration, we're also one of the first ones to say uh, no to the masks, even when they have mask mandates. Got a bunch of people that still wear it. But uh, I didn't want to wear it when I was supposed to be wearing it. Yeah. Yeah, Rhode, Rhode Island's interesting. Rhode Island is one of those states everyone expects to be blue, blue, blue. But once you get out of Providence, when you, once you start getting um, toward, towards the bay or towards the ocean, you start meeting a lot more salt-of-the-earth kind of people, blue-collar people, who want nothing to do with the, with the left agenda. And you find a lot of Republicans that you don't expect to find, kind of like what you find in western Massachusetts or in... New Hampshire. So yeah, it, it Rhode Island's one of those things where um, I, I was shocked to see it be red for as long as it was. And I was also shocked that they decided to dump all of the blue ballots at once, just like we saw in so many other states. What do you think about what's going on in Arizona specifically? I think they're, pro like you said, they just part of protest too much. Who yells the loudest is the most guilty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they are protesting. Out, right, but... No, no, no. You, no, it did. It did. Whoever screams the loudest has the most to lose. Because uh, I think they did the. Uh, I think they did the quote ballots like they did the money. They just printed until they won. Yeah. Well, well, that's one of the fears surrounding the push that we see from Democrats to let ballots arrive at, at polling places up to 10 days after the election. That's what's actually in their bill, HR1. They want to make that legal nationwide. So if a ballot trickles in a week and a half after the election, it can still be counted. You're right. I mean, at that point, if the other types of fraud don't win it for them, they'll just start literally stuffing the ballot a week and a half after. It's insanity. It's insanity, but no, we're 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 the radicals for calling it out, apparently. Yep, and it's uh, just well, disgraceful. It is. It is. Well, I'll, I'll give you one final word before we let you go, Bill. How do you think this is going to all turn out? Yep. Um, I don't know. I'd say let the courts decide, but I don't have much uh, faith in the courts at this time and date. Yeah. Like your buddy Joe Altman, it's it's fixed, and I I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, no, the insurrection quote in insurrection that they had in one six, I mean, hasn't anybody seen what's been going on in Portland? That was an insurrection. Yeah. The yeah. people that allowed it to happen, those were seditionists. 
Well, both yeah. carry the same penalty, according to the Constitution. And all you need yeah. is two witnesses. I mean, one of the governors went right up to BLM and said, oh, just don't destroy this. I mean, that's more than two witnesses. He did that live TV. Yeah, yeah I remember that. I mean. It's, uh, it, you think anyone with a head on their shoulders would understand that, but unfortunately, it looks like they're putting their finger on the scales of justice and only deciding to go after conservatives and not liberals. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Bill. Really do appreciate it. And keep oh, holding the line down there. Keep holding the line up there in Rhode Island. We need more people like you. Yep. All right, have thank a good you. one. I like that. I like I like Bill. I, I love people from Rhode Island. Um, don't like people from Providence as much. And I don't know, maybe Bill lives in Providence. I hope he doesn't take that personally. Um, Providence, people who live in Providence are kind of like people who live in Boston. Eh. But once you start getting like to, out towards like the Narragansett, you start meeting people who live on the water, fishing, crabbing for a living. Those are, those are the people I like hanging out with in New England. They, they're, they're real characters. They really are. Well, thank you again, Bill, for calling in. Um, and anyone else wants to call in, 888-441-1121 is our number. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to put something up real quick because this is how, this is another way of knowing that you're over the target. We're going to get back into the Democrats with their new investigation because they're, this, they're actually interfering. This is election interference for all of the talk about Donald Trump interfering in election, Donald Trump stepping in and stopping vote counting, all those allegations that the left love to run with. They are doing it themselves. They're interfering in the Arizona audit which if they succeed in it, just like just like Bill said, how, how can you have any trust in the judiciary with what you see? How can you trust the audit if they are interfering in it? Which is one of the reasons we are running a fax blast today. Link is in the description. Um, it's also in DLive as one of the panels. This is a big deal. They are actually interfering with the audit and they are demanding the audit results before they are made public, obviously so they can get ahead of whatever those audit results contain. So we're running a fax blast to stop this because it truly is shameful. We've never seen anything like this in our history. We've never seen a political party weaponize their power to interfere in an election audit for the sole purpose of preserving their own illegitimate hold of power. So if you want to join the fax blast, link is in the description. But I want to show you the other way of knowing we're over the target. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This is the trending topic from Twitter. Twitter has proclaimed that there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud in Fulton County, Georgia, according to fact checkers and journalists. So we have on the one side, an organization, Voter GA, that sued to get access to ballot images, were given access to ballot images, observed them, and put out a report of what they found. So that's on the one side. And on the other side, we have fact checkers who have not looked at any ballot images who have not filed any motions before the court, who are simply proclaiming whole cloth, no, and notice how I say no widespread. They're not saying that there's no evidence of voter fraud in Fulton County. They're saying no widespread evidence of voter fraud in Fulton County. Once you're down at the county level, is there such thing as widespread fraud in, at the county level? Widespread describes over a wide area. So widespread would be multiple counties. So throwing in that terminology, there's no widespread fraud in Fulton County. Well, no. First of all, the voter GA report, as we've covered on the show, the one that found thousands of ballots miscounted, 
the one that found the, the recount slash audit, it's not really an audit, it's more of a recount. The recount itself certified fraudulent vote totals, right? That report only dealt with a sliver, a percentage of the total ballots. It only looked at absentee ballot images. It did not look at same day ballots. It did not look at any of that. Absentee, it didn't look at military ballots, for example. Absentee ballots, vote by mail ballots, the ballot images. So it's a it's a percentage, and it identified enough fraudulent votes to cut into Joe Biden's total by like a, a, a 20 to 50, 20 to 25%, just in one county. So no, the wides, we need to know whether it's widespread to know whether it involves other counties, to know whether it involves other classes of ballots, not just those absentee ballots, but other ballots, whether it includes places like Cobb County, which has been identified as a potential place for fraud. And the fact that the Republican Secretary of State led a recount that certified fraudulent results should be enough to concern everyone. But this is what Raffensperger, the rat, has to say. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Fulton County, this is this is his response. His response. His agency, his department certified fraud. There was a bad count. He said, we're going to get to the bottom of it. He said, no, no fraud here. Everything lines up. He certified fraud. This is how he's trying to pass the buck. Fulton County's continued failures have have gone on long enough with no accountability. Rick Barron and Ralph Jones, Fulton's re registration chief, must be fired and removed from Fulton's elections leadership immediately. Fulton's voters and the people of Georgia deserve better. No, sir, the people of Georgia deserve better than you. You don't get to pass the buck. You refuse to do the audit. You refuse to do the recount. You said there was nothing to see here. Your office literally leaked conversations, privileged conversations with the president of the United States and his lawyer trying to, to explain to you that there were fraudulent ballots included in the account. It got leaked to the press for the whole purpose of damaging him, damaging his credibility. When you finally got dragged kicking and screaming to do the audit, you certified fraud. The numbers were wrong. Recount batches, the bins, certified fraud. They certified fraud. They say, yep, this is the number of ballots inside of this. Recount over. And it wasn't true. And it wasn't true. So no, Raffensperger, you don't just get to come on to our side now and say, oh, they have to resign. No, you have to resign. Shameful. All you had to do was say, you know what? Something looks fishy. All you had to do is act like Karen Fan, which I don't, to this day, I don't know where Karen Fan from Arizona falls on this. But she's doing it for, I believe, the right reason. Restoring confidence in the election. Raffensperger instead took the other tack. He said, "How oh, anyone who alleges fraud is making it up. He refused to investigate it to the point where the fraudulent system was kept in place, allowing two Democrat senators to win in red Georgia in the follow-up election. This is not a victimless crime. It didn't just impact the presidential race. It impacted the control of the Senate, control of the Senate because of his incompetence, because of his refusal to see reason, because he refused to do his job. And yeah, no, Zach, you're right. He uses that system to win. And this is what's so crazy about what Colorado's Secretary of State did. How can anyone trust a politician with auditing 
an election system that they relied on to be elected. That's the ultimate conflict of interest ever. Because if you identify fraud, if you identify that one plus one doesn't always equal two when it goes into insert election system name here machine, if you identify that, that, that kind of undermines your own legitimacy, which is the importance of having a third party audit it. Someone who's not staking their reputation, well, they're staking their reputation on it, but who is not like dependent on it coming out one way or another. But you know, in Colorado, only the elected uh, politicians are allowed to audit the machines. No third parties there wouldn't want any, any of that truth to accidentally leak out. But that's from Raffensperger, Secretary of State Raffensperger. A little bit too little too late, I, th I think. Too little too late. So let's go back to my screen, Mr. Bruce. So let's read a little bit more of this. Again, the <laughs> House of Representatives Committee on Oversight and Reform. This is a committee that is tasked with overseeing the federal government. So, for example, when there are allegations of corruption within the federal government, this committee is supposed to observe it. But they are proclaiming that they have the right to investigate any matter at any time anywhere in the country. That's that's what this letter contains. They, they include that claim in this letter, which is very dubious. I mean, they say, oh, the House rules state we can, we can investigate anything anywhere at any time. It's not how the Constitution works. You can't be empowered to violate a state's rights. You cannot be empowered to, <laughs> to interfere in a state right, such as auditing election results. But let's scroll down a little bit because this is a, this gets really, really interesting. So obviously they're, they're claiming you don't have experience, which frankly, we've never had a situation like this before. So anyone who comes to you and tells you they have, you, they have experience investigating election fraud allegations to this magnitude, they'll be lying to you because we've never had an audit like this. This is unprecedented. So with unprecedented times, you can't expect a whole lot of experience with who's going to be taking on this new challenge. But say, oh, you have no, you have no, uh, you have no evidence. Prior to the state Senate's highly unusual audit, an official hand count audit found a 100% match between paper ballots and voting machines. In addition, Two nonpartisan firms with expertise in voting systems examined the voting machines and found no evidence of fraud. Important little factoid, the companies, the firms that did that were not certified by EAC. They went back and they, and they tried to cover that up. But uh, lots, of, lots, of, lots of questions there. Describing the Senate, state Senate's additional audit, Stephen Riker, the Republican official in charge of administering Maricopa County's elections, stated there is, quote, no legitimate reason that would have prompted this audit. All five members of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, four of whom are Republicans, wrote a letter to the state Senate president describing the state Senate's audit as a spectacle that is harming us all. A spectacle that is harming us all. We can go ahead and take down my screen, Mr. Producer. I'm going to try and find it because one of those supervisors has, uh, has flipped. One of those supervisors is now trying to claim that they supported the audit all along. I'm gonna see if I can find that. I might have to spend the break finding it. Um, so you know, uh, no, that's, that's that's Raffensperger. I'm gonna find it. But yeah, no, one of the one of the uh, supervisors in Maricopa County came out, flipped, and said, "Oh, I always supported audits. I always wanted to get to the bottom of our <laughs> of our election system. I never I never opposed it. I was always open to this." Not really true, but that's the claim being made by 
by the uh, oversight committee. Let's go back to my screen. So then they go they go through the Cyber Ninja sloppy and insecure audit practices, which are a hundred percent just rumors. They're hundred percent rumors. So leaks, rumors. Oh, we saw them use a blue pen on one piece of paper. That they they had a blue pen in the building. Not supposed to do that. Well, <laughs> everything they're alleging that that uh, Cyber Ninjas violated, there are a thousand times more of the same allegations about the 2020 election, and they refuse to lift a finger for it. <laughs> the blue pens, yeah, you can't have the blue pens. So they go through all these leaks and allegations, and then they say that they embrace election conspiracy theories, that you stop the steal hashtags, that you believe Donald Trump won, that you authored a document that had been posted on Sidney Powell's website. So now it's guilty by association. Now it's, they publish a document, someone else publishes it, that makes them guilty. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense there. So here are the requests that the committee is making. And I wanna read this to you so you can understand why they're doing this. And then we'll, and then we'll explain the specific requests on the other side of the break. Hit the share button if you haven't already. <laughs> they said the constitution guarantees the right to vote and empowers Congress to legislate to that, to protect that right and regulate elections. Yeah, that is true. Right after the Constitution empowers the state Senate to audit their own elections. So these are basically two different bodies claiming to have power over one another when the the section of the Constitution that they derive their power from is one in the same. So they are co-equal in this regard. They are not they are not exercising control one over the other. They are co-equal. They are quite literally co-equal. Congress has enacted legislation to safeguard this right and to ensure that elections are safe, secure, and fairly and impartially administered. Congress is also empowered to investigate any conduct that may infringe on this fundamental right. And the committee has examined state voting election issues on numerous occasions. The committee is deeply troubled by cyber ninjas, lack of election audit experience, its reported mismanagement of the audit in Maricopa County, which may have compromised ballots and election equipment, your own bias and history of embracing conspiracy theories related to election and the private sources of funded that may have further undermined the credibility and impartiality of this effort. The committee is particularly concerned that your company's elections, uh, actions could undermine the integrity of federal elections and interfere with Americans' constitutional right to cast their ballot freely and have their votes counted without partisan interference. In connection with this investigation, the committee intends to study the need for legislative reforms to ensure the right to protect is protected before, during, and after an election, and that third parties do not interfere with this right. So that's the claim they're making. That's the claim they're making. That is why they believe they have the authority to, to, they haven't issued subpoenas yet. Those are coming. This is just the demand letter. They believe they have the right to demand from Cyber Ninjas, from the audit team, everything before the audit's released. Again, this is a co-equal body. The legislatures have the right to set their election laws. Congress has the right to pass election laws. Congress does not supersede state election laws unless they actually pass a law that gets voted on by both both chambers, signed into law by the president. Not, that has not happened here. So they are operating as a co-equal authority, and they're here acting like, like they're better, like they have powers that Arizona does not. So when we get when we come back on the other side of the break, don't go anywhere because we're going to be um, really diving into this. We're going to explain what exactly they're asking for. Well, spoiler, they're asking for everything. But they go into really strange detail about what they want specifically. 
So don't go anywhere. We're going to get into this on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. <laughs> 